You're listening to Jumping the Wealth Curve with your host, Edward Bow. For most of my life, I've been riding and racing dirt bike motorcycles. So it was natural to say, jumping the wealth curve. So I'm jumping something all the time on the dirt bike. When he's not on his bike, Ed is helping families retire successfully as a certified financial planner and five-star wealth manager at Smallwood Wealth Management. There isn't a one-size-fits-all solution for everything. So we're talking about finances and a financial plan. We need to stay flexible. Jumping the wealth curve is designed to help answer your retirement questions. And especially in today's world, everything is so stringent and everybody's so, ugh. let's just talk. Now, here's your host, Ed Bow. Welcome, everybody, to another podcast, Jumping the Wealth Curve. I really appreciate you tuning in again. I'm going to make this worth your time. That's always my goal. So last time we were talking about the credit report, and I told you I was going to get into credit score, but there's something a little timely here that I want to talk about, and uh, we'll get back to the credit score in another episode or two. So if you can bear with me, I'll get to that. But um So getting into this podcast and why I want to do this is, so for the last, uh, I guess, about seven or eight years, I've been going down to Florida for about a 10-day trip. And of course, if you're new to the program or not, the title is Jumping the Wealth Curve. So that graphic has a, a motorcycle on it. So one of my passions in life is... Uh, I've been doing it for 40 plus years is riding motocross. So I go down at the basically the end of February, beginning of March and visit a dear friend of mine, one of my oldest friends and uh, who actually started riding with me when we were in high school. I visit him. I bring all my bring all my stuff down and we spend the week uh, going around Florida, riding different tracks. And ultimately, I end up in Daytona and at Daytona Speedway, which is, you know, it's a big deal. I get to ride inside of, believe it or not, the Daytona Speedway. And um, just to give you a visual, they, if you've ever seen the Daytona 500 with the NASCAR races, there is the racing surface and then they have that pit road and it kind of cuts across and between pit road and the racing surface, there's a big swath of grass there where they usually paint Daytona 500. And so, for, oh God, I don't even know how many years now, back since the seventies, they used to make a, they'll make a track right on that grass section. And it's the beginning of bike week down there in Daytona that weekend. And the professionals actually have a stop on their tour on Saturday night. And so the track is made for those guys and they race Saturday night. And then on Sunday, Monday, there is a two day amateur event. And they have anywhere from little guys and girls to old men like myself. So they got a bunch of different classes for all different people. And there's over 1,800 riders with family and campers. And it's it's quite the event, so to say the least. So I go down there. I usually, like I said, I ride during the week. And then we kind of, the culmination is we end up at, in Daytona at the Speedway, we watch the pros on Saturday night, and then we we play around on the track, which is toned down, of course, for the amateurs and the old men like myself. And uh, we get to ride it on on uh, Sunday, Monday, and then I make my trek back after the race with all my paraphernalia. So what I wanted to do was I got challenged a few years ago by my partner, John, and he said, I really want you to think about how motocross relates to your financial planning. 
And at first I thought, wow, that's a kind of an odd thing. But the more and more I thought about it, I said, wow, there is a lot of correlation to what I do to my financial planning practice. So I'm going to walk you through this a little bit if you, if you can indulge me. And that's going to be the topic today. It's just let's understand this. And I'm going to kind of relate it to the motocross. And I, I think it, hopefully it'll be pretty interesting. Okay. So for me to prepare for this, I bet take, I probably start in the end of, de end of December, beginning of January, and I make a plan because I know I have to get the motorcycles prepared. I, I bring a, an enclosed trailer. I have to bring the trailer with certain supplies. And of course, I got to make sure that the truck that's pulling the trailer is is ready for the trip too. So I start planning this out in my own head. I start writing things down. I'm a list person, so I like to write lists. And I start writing everything down. I start, okay, what needs to be done on the motorcycles? I have to prep those. I got to prep the other things. What supplies? What parts do I need to order? This all starts getting laid out and it starts getting done. So I started thinking about it from a plan perspective, financial plan. I was like, well, there's not that much difference in the prep meeting in a financial plan, I need to take inventory of what I have. I need to organize it, which is exactly what I do with the trailer and the supplies and even the bikes. And then with the plan, I'm setting some short-term and long-term goals. That's very similar to what I'm doing with, with all my lists and everything else. I'm, I'm kind of, it's really short-term goals in, in this case, but I'm setting up goals of what I need to get done and by what time. So I'm like, wow, that, that's pretty similar. And here's the other thing. When I when I start getting prepped for this, you know, with the bikes and, and the trailer and doing the inventory, I bring a lot of extra stuff with me. I, um, I'm a person that doesn't like to leave things to chance. I like to have redundancies in place. Even though in this day and age, we can I can order stuff and have it deliver next day. I don't want to rely on that. I want to rely on, I want to be in control. That's my type A showing really badly and probably my OCD in some respects. So I thought about, again, from the plan perspective is, wow, you know, the idea of laying out your plan and laying it out and doing these goals is I want to stay in control of the plan, right? And I may find flaws in the plan where I need to make some redundancies or, or put things in place to create redundancies or You'll probably hear me say a lot, some flexibility and options, okay? So in the case of the motorcycle, I may put a new part on the motorcycle, something new I haven't tried before, and I will bring the old one with me because if the new one doesn't work out, I'm going to put the old one back on because I know that works, okay? So with the plan, it's the same thing. It's like I, I have to kind of organize it, look at it, and say, I'm going to put this, this new strategy into play now. Most times I don't have to change that, but I have to be ready to be able to do that. So what's some other things I have to do to get ready for this race? I have to get myself into shape a lot of times. I mean, during the year, I do I do try to eat well. I do try to exercise. Um, but as you probably know, the summer gets can kind of get in the way that having a good time. And so I kind of ramp up my training and stuff coming probably into December and knowing I've got that early March date in place right so you know eating better exercising maybe a little bit more maybe a little more targeted with the plan right that's the same thing like on an annual basis i need to sit down review the plan and i need to constantly 
make sure that if something needs to be changed, it will be changed. So, you know, are we on track? Are we on track for the year that in the beginning of the year we set out goals? I talked about short-term, long-term goals, you know, and we maybe put some things into place. Are those things that we put into place really playing out the way they want? We, so, our, you know, on an annual basis, we're looking at this. So, again, annual point to point, very similar. Okay. Here was a really interesting one for me that when I thought about this a few years back, it became really clear to me. It was like to ride this motorcycle and it's on the dirt. I wear some very specific equipment that's made for the sport. So I wear a certain type of boot, some pants, a certain type of helmet, a chest protector, even a neck protector. And I started thinking about, I'm like, wow, why do I wear this stuff? Right? Well, I wear this stuff because eventually I'm going to, you know, I will hit the ground eventually. It's, it's inevitable, but I'm wearing all this stuff to reduce the risk of injury. Right? So I started thinking about it like, oh, it's the protection component of my, of my financial plan or your financial plan. Right? Why do we put those, those pieces into the plan? I hope I never hit the ground and hopefully it doesn't happen too often. And I hope I have these pieces in place that they're there to protect me. Like even the neck brace is really important. And that came out, oh God, about 10, 15 years ago, really became more prevalent in the sport. And it was popular then, but some people moved away from it because they said, oh, we think it breaks the collarbone. And I'm like, well, see, here's that thinking, right? Like, well, I'll take a broken collarbone over a broken neck any day, right? So I don't know why people don't see it that way. I can't give you their psychological state, but again, so I put these pieces in place in the plan because when it comes to the plan, you know, I hope that these things never happen, not, you know, in the short term. We know, we know, we know we're going to die at some point. We just don't know the time, place and under what circumstances. Right. So, you know, I hope my mortality is a lot longer down the road, but you just never know. Right. Look at what happened with COVID-19. That that kind of changed some time timelines for people, unfortunately. And that's it's a really sad thing. But disability insurance, I hope I'm never disabled. I hope I'm, I'm here. I can work and retire when I want to. And, but I have to have these in place because if it happens, I'm protected. And as much as maybe as much as I don't want to wear a neck protector, maybe it limits my range of motion. I know I'd rather have it than not have it. I can tell you that because if that day comes that I, I fall and I, I do something really, really bad. Ed's not doing any more podcasts anymore. I know you'll be sad. I'll be sad. So, again, getting reeling this back in is, hey, the equipment side of this, the, the, the protection side of this is really, really important. What else? I thought about this, and I didn't really talk about this in the past. And I, So, I only do this one race a year. I don't really care to race that much anymore. That's not important to me. I did it in my, in my youth. I do like to ride. Uh, I just don't go racing. But what became very evident to me on this trip was at the start of the race, I have to, I start behind the gate and the gate has different positions and different angles into the first turn. And I started realizing is where do I want to position myself on the gate? And my thought process is a little different now that I'm older than when I was younger. And my thought process now is I want to position myself where I can have some control of what's going on around me in that first turn. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and limit the risk of somebody doing something, you know, stupid and maybe hurt, you know, hitting me. 
So, and I thought about from the plan perspective, and I was like, so I'm, I'm putting myself, and even on the track itself during the race, I do certain things and take certain, go to certain spots in, in turns and such that I'm always trying to minimize my risk, right? And put myself in the best advantage. And I thought the plan does the same thing, right? We want to create those options and flexibility within the plan because things will change. Tax law will change. Inflation rate, well, that's a, that's a topic right now, huh? And what do I have in place that my plan can adjust and put me in the, the best position? And in the, the race's position is the least amount of risk, right? In the plan's position, the least amount of risk. So I, I was like, wow, this, this was a little bit of like, uh, you know, I, I saw this and I was sitting there thinking about it when I was down there. And I'm like, and I was, here I am sitting on the starting line thinking about my, my financial, you know, jumping the wealth curve podcast. And um, I thought that was pretty funny. But it, it does, you know, I want to stay in control of my plan, right? I, and, and same thing, I want to stay in control when I'm in the race as much as possible, right? I, I understand there's risks and everything. And this is the other thing. We know change is going to happen. Change is inevitable. It's the one constant in life. And here's the thing, you know, again, relating it back to the race or when I ride, the track is always changing. It's a dirt track. There's things we, you know, the tires can tear up things. The different lines can change things. The same thing happens in the plant. The plan is going to change. Well, how was my plan built? Have I created, you know, options of flexibility? Same thing when I'm on the track. I might be coming into a turn, and if I've boxed myself in for whatever reason, because there's other people around me, I don't have a lot of options. I have to go to that spot on the track where if I came in maybe on the outside versus the inside, I have now the ability to go to the outside or go to the inside. So it's the same thing. I want to create options and flexibility in my plan. So the plan is built. We're reviewing the plan on an annual basis because we know things are going to change. And here's what I started thinking about now is, oh, okay, I got home, I'm here, I'm back, everything's good, everything went well, had a great time, and guess what? I've got to now clean the motorcycle. I have to clean the trailer. I have to now go back over the motorcycle and kind of, there's maintenance that always has to be done on these things. I have to check it. I have to check for loose nuts and bolts. I have to check, maybe change some parts on it. And I'm thinking to myself, it's the same thing with the plan. You know, I'm not checking it every week or every month. I'm keeping tabs on it, though, right? We have we have portals. We have different things. We're having potentially quarterly reviews with some clients. Some clients only want an annual review, but we're going back over it, making sure everything is there, everything's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Constantly need the review. Constantly want to make sure that we're in the right place. And then as I bring this all together, I put myself through this and all this work, I mean, two months of work and getting everything ready. And of course, I'm always coming down to the wire and getting everything done. And But I do it to have the, the most fun and the best experience I could have down there. Because of course, I love to do this, but it's a lot of work. And we do all this work on the plan, you know, and the strategy, because we want to maximize the plan, right? In, in its current state. Max everything. I want to max, you know, my tax savings, my protection, my savings in general. Efficiency is the name of the game. Okay. How do I get what I have to be working at its optimal? Right. And I kind of went through that 
with my fitness, my eating habits, getting my bike prepared, even trying to get some riding in before I get to Florida, because here's the big problem up here in New Jersey is it starts getting cold. I may be not on the bike riding like I normally do when it starts warming up. Maybe I'm on, I can be on the bike once a week, maybe once every two weeks. In the wintertime, that doesn't happen. So I want to make sure that I have the best experience and the most fun, and of course, at the lowest risk. I'm like, hmm. For the plan, I want to maximize everything, right? We always want to maximize what we're doing. Why wouldn't we, right? If I said to you, we're going to build a plan, we're only going to do, we're only going to max it out to half its capability. You look at me, you got three heads. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Of course not. It's, we want to max everything. But believe it or not, a lot of decisions and a lot of things we do within the plan sometimes aren't getting us to max. And we don't realize it. And that's why you should be working with a good advisor. So another thing that came to me is I said my good friend, Dave, that I go down and visit every year and we have talks. And he said to me this year, and I thought this was really funny. He said, you come down here and it's all business. And I went, oh, business. I'm like, meaning we have mapped out the week. We know where we're going to be going and we're on a mission. We're on a mission to go ride different tracks and we have different things to do. And we, we even have a mission on what restaurants we're going to eat out at because we, it's like a vacation, right? And he said, uh, he said, every year you come down, you get a little bit better at it. And he goes, and you, you just, you create more and more efficiencies every time. And we just get more and more out of this week. And I went, wow, that was like, it was an aha moment for me. I said, that's exactly what we try to do with the plan. By reviewing the plan, creating the plan, reviewing the plan and working on the plan, we are exactly doing the same thing. We're trying to create little efficiencies along the way. We build a great plan, right? I'll pat my, you know, hey, come see Ed, and we sit down and we do this, and we and we've really we really get the plan locked down, and we know, like I said, change is going to happen, and we're reviewing things, and okay, tax law changes. What can we do? We need to make a change. Are we set up for that tax law change? Well, maybe not. Well, maybe we have to make a change and get get it going in the right direction. I thought that was just a great, you know, he's interesting in the way he always phrases things to me, and he doesn't even realize it that he's actually helping me think about things. And um, so I appreciate, Dave, a shout out to you. All right. So with that, I, I think that pretty much sums it up. I, I could go into probably a lot more detail, but I don't think you want that. I, I just wanted to give you the high level stuff and say, hey, you know, there's some correlation here between actually what I do and my prep and, and everything to actually how we create a financial plan. And when I did this a few years ago, it was so funny. I, I just thought it was just an interesting exercise. And I wanted it since it's I literally got back about four or five days ago from the trip. I wanted to kind of impart this on you. That's why I kind of pushed off the, uh, the credit score thing. We'll get to that. Don't worry. It's important. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you, I mean, you probably heard it a bunch of times. It's really reviewing the plan, understanding the plan and maximizing the plan. And it's getting it to be as efficient as possible from a tax law perspective, from a savings perspective, from a protection component perspective. If I use $1 in my plan somewhere, am I maximizing that dollar? Am I getting 
you know, more than one benefit for the dollar. I mean, that is a concept that people don't don't normally hear and understand. So these are things that you have to, you know, sit with a, a good planner, a comprehensive financial planner that understands these concepts and gets you down the road. All right. I appreciate your time today. As always, I hope there was some little nuggets in there or something that triggers you to kind of think about your plan. Maybe think I'm not maximizing it or I've painted myself into a corner in some form or fashion or I'm not even sure. I need to go over my plan. I hope that's all the takeaways that you can, you know, from it and maybe more. I look forward to, you know, talking to you again and uh, having another great conversation. WFO the rest of the year. We're going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing hard and uh, going hard at it for you. So thank you again. You all have a wonderful day. Have a retirement or financial planning question for Ed? Connect now at smallwoodwealth.com. And while you're at it, click that subscribe button. Jumping the Wealth Curve is brought to you by Edward Bow, an investment advisor representative of Smallwood Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone, and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives, and it's not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action, as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements.